welcome to the Speaking of Fantasy Football podcast. Uh, we decided to start this podcast up because, you know, we are in a league together. We are always in the league chat discussing different, you know, different trades, different draft strategies among our leagues and everything. And we decided, you know, we're kind of tired of just always discussing just the player rankings and everything. You know, we want to talk about fantasy football itself, what goes on in the fantasy football community within the leagues themselves. And we figured that would be a popular enough discussion, something that everyone could could be involved with that we want to just hop in and let everyone join us. And, you know, so what we're going to do first is we're going to introduce ourselves and uh, I'm going to start. My name is Ian. I am from Tennessee. Uh, I started playing fantasy football, you know, almost 10 years ago, guy at work and invited me to join. Did terribly my first year, obviously. And, uh, you know, I've been playing forever. I've co- commissioned a handful of leagues. I've done all that. And, uh, and you know, I just – now I'm in 16 leagues this year, and it's just – it's too much. But um, but then uh, for our for our first segment, which, which we're going to start in here in just a little bit, uh, my favorite team is the Cleveland Browns, and uh, my least favorite team is the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, so now I'm going to pass it on over to Zach. All right. Yeah, my name's Zach. I'm from Minnesota. Uh, I started fantasy football about five years ago. Really enjoyed it, but my league folded and I kind of took a step step away and that kind of got my toes in the water. And I was itching to get back into it. So last year I joined the league with uh, the same guys where the league had folded. And I really became a nerd through that. And this past summer I – download the sleeper app joined uh, a dynasty league with all these guys and just from talking to them all about uh fantasy football it really made me really want to talk more about it and uh yeah and uh my favorite team is the minnesota vikings it's really hurtful to be a vikings fan from back when i was not even hardly Alive when Gary Anderson misses a kick against the Falcons, to Blair Walsh against the Seahawks, <laughs> to uh, Brett Favre and Bounty Gate, and uh, I mean, then the thirty-eight to seven loss to the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. It's it's tough being a Vikings fan, but uh, you know, I also really hate the Packers. They always win. They always <laughs> have a stud quarterback and. Here's Derek. All right. Evening, everybody. Um, so my name is Derek, like Zach said. I'm from Virginia. I started playing a fantasy football handful of years ago. I loved football, grew up with football, diehard Cowboys fan, which means my natural enemy is the Redskins. Um, but we'll hit on that a little bit more later. Uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, a good buddy of mine got me into it. I tried to avoid it because I knew I'd become addicted to it, and it definitely happened. Um, now I'm in a bunch of leagues, kind of like uh, Ian commissioned a bunch of them as well. Found the Sleeper app two years ago, and it's been wonderful. And uh, continuing along, now just trying to experiment with different uh, league formats, different settings, expand my knowledge, and uh, hopefully I can impart some of that knowledge on our listeners hey guys it's mike um yeah i'm from louisiana 
the Baton Rouge area specifically, go Tigers. Uh, naturally, that makes me a Saints fan, but I like to consider myself more a fan of the game. Um, and thus, I don't really have a least favorite team because I'm not going to pick anybody in the NFC South because it's just too much fun to watch this entire division play football. Um, my experience with fantasy football started probably about eight years ago when I uh, hosted my brother-in-law's fantasy draft at my apartment. And uh, my sister was a fill-in team that year, and she didn't know anything about football, so I volunteered to draft for her. And, uh, yeah, I kind of got hooked from that point. I was, I was like, well, I'm already invested. I drafted. I'll just manage the team. And, yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into. I, along with uh, these other guys, am now – pretty heavily invested into this uh, hobby of mine. I like the idea of this podcast a lot uh, because I tend to not take things very seriously in life. And so I like the idea of a podcast that just talks about the, the good fantasy side of things. You know, everybody wants to talk about hard stats and, and rankings and such. And uh, we all care about winning, but we're really here to have fun. So that's what I'm looking forward to talking about. So now that you know a little bit more about us and where we're from, we're going to talk about uh, our first real segment. It feels surreal, guys. Um, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of Homer picks and also the difficulties of having to draft players on your least favorite teams. So uh, to kick things off, like I said, I am uh, in the general New Orleans area here in Baton Rouge. So I am a Saints fan by position. Uh, if not necessarily by choice. I do love the Saints. They're amazing to watch, but I love football. So I don't really have a lot of issue with drafting any Saints players. I love to get Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, wherever I can. Um, I'm a big proponent of late quarterbacks, so Drew Brees is generally not on my teams, but not because I'm not a fan of the man. Um, I don't necessarily advocate homer picks in general if they are at – the expense of th your roster. Like I'm, I wouldn't ever reach for a guy, but at the same time, like I mentioned a, a second ago, the reason that we're all really here is because fantasy football is fun. And sometimes it's really fun to have a guy that is on your favorite team that you can root for every week, whether he's, you know, the best guy that you could have gotten. It's debatable. Fantasy football is guessing anyway. So that's just, uh, that's my two cents. You got anything you would like to add to that, uh, Zach? Uh, no, uh, other than the fact that for me, I don't really have any need to draft someone from my favorite team, the Vikings, or the need to draft anyone from the Packers. Um, I do enjoy, like you said, having someone who is from my home team because then I can enjoy the game and when they do well, uh, the team wins and my fantasy team benefits. I love love seeing that, but uh, you know it really sucks when I have a Packers player who's really good. You know, say you have Devontae Adams and he goes off against the Vikings. Not a real big fan of that. When he's on my team, I'll take it. So I don't really have any things that stop me from picking a certain player. I just pick the best players because I'm a fan of foot fan of football and fantasy football is fun, as you said. Can you add anything to that, Ian? Yeah, um, you know, like I said, I'm a I'm a Browns fan, diehard Browns fan, and uh, yeah, that sucks. But 
Oh, until now, it's a, it's gonna be good this year. You know, I was telling a guy earlier tonight that uh, I've always told myself whenever the Browns go to the Super Bowl, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna pay you know three thousand dollars for a Super Bowl ticket. I don't care. I'm gonna be there. So I mean, if I need I need to make three thousand dollars by February. So, um, <laughs> but hey, somebody's uh, dreaming. Yeah. Well, see that that's sort of my thing though about about um about the Browns is you know. I, I, I guess there's people probably like this and across all fandoms, but but with the Browns, I think what happens for me is, is it is a little easier for me to buy into the hype of the of my play, of the Browns players because like uh, you know I'll like even two years ago I, I drafted Deshaun Kaiser you know like I, it, even when they were terrible I was still you know drafting Browns players and it's not like I made it always a point to. But at the same time, it's like when someone made a positive note about a Browns player, I would accept it as gospel as opposed to like if they made a, a positive note about a, you know, a neutral team like the Broncos, I'd be like, oh, sure, let me weigh the options. But like now I'll draft Baker Mayfield everywhere I can, you know. Sure, sure. You know, so it's one of those things. But as opposed to the the opposite um, with the, the Bengals, I, I hate the Bengals. And I hate the Steelers and the Ravens too. Um, but – I'm not going to not draft them. I mean, I, I, I won't draft the Bengals sometimes because they suck, but not because I, not because I don't like them. You know, I could, I'll draft AJ Green or Joe Mixon. Who cares? You know, that's sort of where I'm at with it. Uh, what about you, Derek? Pretty much agree with you guys. Um, definitely not going to reach for a specific player that I've got to have if it's within reasonable draft position. Than I are. There's definitely a couple people from the Cowboys that I would be interested in taking. I mean, hands down, if you're drafting in the top three, I'm taking I'm taking Zeke. I'd possibly <laughs> even take him number one overall. I mean, how can you not? The guy is just a monster. He's, I mean, just got his extension today. For those of you living under a rock, which hopefully <laughs> none of you guys are, because the season is kicking off this evening. Um, so make sure you get in there and set your lineups. But uh, Zeke just did get his payday, six-year, $90 million extension with about $50 million guaranteed, which gives him uh, locks him in for the Cowboys for the next eight years. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking him. No question about it. If I'm in one of those top three positions and I get the chance, I'm taking him. Uh, Dak, that's a whole different story. I'm not, uh, <laughs> not a huge fan of Dak. I know it's my team. Now, if I am going with a QB late strategy, um, he is a good target. Am I targeting him specifically? Probably not. Um, I mean, he does have, hopefully, Cooper uh, extending his success with his uh, last half of last year's season. And, you know, the big-bodied up-and-coming wide receiver with Michael Gallup's got pretty good hands. So uh, definitely got some sleeper appeal with Dak this year. Um could surprise a lot of people and sneak up there toward the top. But, again, I'm not targeting him per se unless I'm late in the draft and looking for a QB. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Cooper, the one that everybody's always up and down on. You can talk to 100 people and they all have a hundred, you know, 100 different opinions of them. But, I mean, the numbers are there. Would I take him as a WR1? Definitely probably not because that would be reaching <laughs> – um, I would, if I, you know, if you're going three running backs in a row in the beginning of your draft and you're staring at him or Edelman or Robert Woods, I, uh, hate to say it. I am taking Edelman or Woods for my, uh, WR one on my team. 
But if you're looking at grabbing Coop for your uh, second wide receiver, by all means, he's definitely worth the gamble uh, because we know when he's hot, he's hot and he's on his game and can win you uh, your game for the uh, for the week. So it's definitely worth the risk. Um, but he does have some downfall. I mean, just uh, some quick stats from last year. You know, he was with Dallas from weeks 8 to 17. And um, he scored 78 of his points last year, of his 132. I think there's been PPR points. Um, and just two of those games. So there's definitely some big uh, boomer bust category here with Cooper. And then uh, before I move on, I got to give my boy Witten a shout out right here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't talk about the Cowboys, not talk about Witten and coming back this year. I mean, good old blade hands. Yeah. I mean, one of the best tight ends, you know, it's, that's ever played the game. So, I mean, bottom line is if I'm drafting a backup tight end because the position's so shallow, yeah, sure. I might be targeting Witten late in the game. I mean, if you look at it and you really look at his stats, besides his rookie year in 2003 and the last two years he played in 2016, 2017, he didn't go under 700 receiving yards. And for a tight end, that's, that's I mean, you know, monster years for a tight end. Um, and even his last two years with him aging, he was still over 550 yards each year. So, you know, that's pretty good for a 37-year-old uh, security blanket and worth a bench spot, in my opinion, to fill in my bye week or in case I take an injury. Um mm. Yeah, so he definitely seems like he's coming back to what he's what he's good at. Uh, yeah. after his his stint on television, absolutely. And all the reports are uh, looking like he's lighter, faster, stronger. So we'll see what happens. But uh, as far as the well, Redskins go, my natural enemy. Yeah, I'm not taking a single one of them, uh, especially <laughs> with uh, this year's team. Unless we're talking dynasty, if we're talking dynasty, then I'd maybe consider Geis or Haskins. But in redraft. Yeah, I would again also probably go guys and redraft, but it would have to be later on as like a RB four or five. I'm not going to take the risk with other values still on the board. But uh, that's just sure. uh, my opinion overall. Try to avoid those homer picks, at least for me. I learned my lesson after uh, my first year playing, which you guys heard about that in our sneak peek segment. If you listened to that already, and. Uh, yeah, but it comes down to just having fun. So do what you want. You don't have to listen to us if you don't want to. We're no By no means, we're not experts. Uh, do what makes you happy. And if you're in as many, as many leagues as the rest of us are, you can afford to make some of those homer picks just to see what happens because you're doing it for fun. Can I ask you guys something? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, you know, like I said earlier in, in my thing about the Browns, you know, when it comes to, you know, a positive narrative for my team, I, I take it and run with it, right? Um but I'm kind of curious how you guys handle negative feedback about your team, like fantasy or otherwise. Like, for instance, you know, I'm on Reddit a lot just because I'm bored and old and stupid. But I'm I'm on Reddit and I, yeah, and I'm I, I see these you know all these different uh, posts about you know this player should I get this player? And I saw one about like Odell today, right? And it said something. Some guy was like. Oh well, I don't know. There's just a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland, and that just—I I guess because it's my team that you know, I just—it's—it <laughs> it sent me over the edge a little bit, and it—it it, it annoyed me because last year, you know, for instance, Odell was in an offense with Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and and Sterling Shepard, and now it's—I I, don't—I don't see it as that many more mouths to feed. For instance, like it's 
I mean, maybe when Duke was there, but, you know, now it's just what Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, and David Njoku. It's really – it's to me, it's yeah. it's not that crazy different. But so do you guys handle, like, negative negative narratives well, or do you guys just sort of brush it off and go about your way or what? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, I think that uh, it's important to note that last year Odell was with uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> two times, two times understandable um but yeah no i i definitely get the uh the defensive nature that we get as uh as fans of just about anything and uh it's it can be it can be really easy to do both sides of that coin like you mentioned earlier where you hear something and you're like yeah man we're going to the super bowl this year because of that (laughs) that undrafted rookie that nobody else saw but we saw you know (laughs) but but then at the same time whenever people people want to tear down uh tear down your narrative it, it can it can it can hurt I, I know personally for me the funniest thing that the way that I kind of do that is that like if I hear somebody saying something I'm just like ah, oh, they don't know what they're talking about and I've, I've even come to the point where like I play so much fantasy I kind of consider like you know n- not on my best days but I kind of consider casual football fans to be <laughs> like a lesser <laughs> a lesser informed group. it's like ah, oh, they don't know what they're talking about they're just they only care about, you know, local teams. They don't know anything about the rest of the league or how players compare. <laughs> They're flighty. Well, yeah, well, for me, uh, personally, it depends on the player. I mean, as uh, you brought up uh, with OBJ, I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best. I mean, he's he's going to get his share. So, I mean, he's going to be great. And I think the only one it really impacts is Jarvis. I mean, he's not number one anymore. So I think you kind of have to look at it from a different lens. Uh, might A lot of mouses be it might not hurt the best guy, but it might hurt the second best guy, the third best guy. So I think right. some headlines are there's more underneath that they don't talk about. So that's how it is for me personally. Yeah, definitely a good point. Um, I, I pretty much agree with Zach's assessment there. Um Personally, I'm kind of uh, staying away from Beckham. I'm just not the biggest believer. Um, I know, call me crazy, but um, if he if the position the draft position is right, back to that whole draft position, and he's there, then I definitely consider it. But uh, I think the whole mouths defeat argument. I think Zach hit it right on the head. I don't think there's going to be any issues with you know their star. I think the issues you might see a bit of a trickle down effect to Landry and maybe uh, Njoku, which. Uh, I took Njoku in a couple leagues, hoping that that fact does not hold true, but uh, we'll see <laughs> if that risk pays off. All right, now we're going to get ready to move into segment three this evening, and we're going to talk about the Sleeper Fantasy League and what that means, and we're going to have some of the creators of that league on our podcast tonight to tell you a little bit about it. Stay tuned. So one thing that we want to kind of talk to everybody about is, if you're not familiar with it already, is one of the best fancy platforms out there. Uh, it's fairly new to the field. It's the Sleeper app, uh, formerly known as SleeperBot. It's been around for a little while, but it's uh, steadily been growing in features and functionality and user base. And uh, personally, it's definitely my favorite platform. I've been on it for about three years now. Um, some of my favorite features is 
by far, far and away, the, the best feature, in my opinion, is the draft boards. They do uh, what looks like, if you're familiar with the home, like a sticker board for drafts. They, it's a visual medium that's different than any other uh, draft platform that I've seen online. And it's just, it's really user-friendly. They're color-coded for positions. Um, it goes along a snake. It's really easy to look at. You can throw it up on a TV. It's amazing. But they're probably, arguably, the best actual feature is their development team is just excellent. Far and away, they are very responsive to their community. They like to just get out there and see what people want, what features people are looking for, and they're always innovating, adding new things. Uh, most recently, they've added a feature that everybody's been asking for for a long time, and that's a dark mode, which is great if you're you know, a fan of aesthetics in your apps. But Sleeper's just a really great platform. They offer pretty much endless customization, and if they don't have it yet, they're working on it now. Um, so one of the cool leagues that we have been a part of in the sleeper app uh, just started about, I think it was a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is its, its second season just kicking off. And that's the, the SFL, the sleeper fantasy league. Uh, it's massive. And uh, we've got a couple of the co-founders and creators, the, the guys that make the magic happen and that run it here with us. That would be Devil and Goodwrench, Goodwrench 12 to be exact, is his uh, sleeper handle. If you guys have anything you'd like to, to say, can you tell us a little bit more about the SFL? Okay, so the Sleeper Fantasy League, uh, last year was the first year it started. It was founded by three three gentlemen, actually one and then two of them jumped on and helped out. Uh, this year, uh, we tried to organize a little bit better. We ended up forming a committee of about eight or nine members right now to help run it instead of devoting it all on just one person. It seems to be working. Uh, we've been getting a lot of great uh, responses back that we're very organized, which is positive. Trying to keep people in the league as long as possible. So the, the league this year is 22 12-team leagues. Uh seems like a lot. It is. It's 264 members total. Uh, the whole concept behind it is we want to basically reshuffle every year so the better players end up in the top leagues and the worst players end up in the bottom leagues. So it's, uh, it's very fun, very interesting. We use three criteria to reshuffle. It's done by basically wins, playoff finishes, and a percentage of your maximum points for the season. Uh, end up with a number between zero and thirteen. It works really well. Seems to be uh, seems to be working really well. First year with this system, anyway. And uh, yeah, I mean the the proof is in the, the excitement and the interest in the league. So fingers crossed, and hopefully keeps it up. For all you listeners out there, he just made his fancy algorithm and his math sound much easier than it really is. Isn't it? (laughs) I don't know how he gets these numbers and put us all in the right uh, alphabetical leagues, but somehow he did it. That's all I know. 
No, oh, it's uh, it's, so, it's all the spreadsheets. So my my work is pressing <laughs> the button. <laughs> well, do either one of you guys okay. want to give us a uh, little snippet on how the draft went? Any uh, standout teams or any fun, uh, interesting, crazy picks that happened? Uh, I know. I think we finished all the drafts the other day, right? I don't think we got anybody left. We're all done. No, they all finished within a week, uh, which was uh, very impressive. I was uh, expecting to expected to be a little bit slower for a lot of the leagues, but I think half of the league was finished within the first three days. So, so it was, it was good. Uh, big big standouts. Uh, you are, I think, uh, leading the uh, votes for all leagues at twenty four votes for best team. Ooh, I'll take it. I know when I checked this morning, it was 23. Not that I'm checking my own uh, stats, but I was. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I do, yes. I, I do the same thing. So, uh, Definitely, so uh, how many uh, how many ghost accounts did you make to get that? <laughs> I, yeah, I should, should I look into uh, your league mates, see if they're all, uh, all playing, or if it's just you. No, no, they were, they were oddly very active. One of the more active leagues I've been in. Maybe it was just me the whole time. You never know. I won't reveal my secrets. <laughs> well, I, I had the privilege of uh, jumping in and out of all the leagues during the drafts. And uh, the uh, the interest, like I said, the interest is, is phenomenal. And uh, this group of people that are in, this, in all these leagues are, are very good. So I think we had uh, 28 dropouts total last year from uh, – it would have been 144 members, so that's pretty good. That most uh, so uh, most interesting draft pick that I saw was somebody decided to take Carson. That's right. Oh man, Chris that's Carson in say. the in the end of the first round. That is, that and I hard. think that was actually in my league's draft. It that was, it was. The method of the ghost uh, accounts again. <laughs> that must be it. That's that's how all the good players stick around for you. No, that was that was the I think wanna, the uh, the standouts. I would like to give a shout out. I believe it was uh, Bot Nine Thousand was the handle that took Carson at the one twelve, and that. That's kind of a homer pick for me because I'm a huge Seahawks fan. But I think <laughs> Carson at the end of the first round is a little rich. But I would do it just because I knew – I know he wouldn't come back to me. I think uh, before all the hype started hitting him, I was getting him in like the mid-fifth round, maybe yeah, that's, early sixth. He jumped up right up to the third round. Yeah. yeah. I did my big home – my big money home league. Uh, a week ago, and I had to take him at the two twelve because Oof. I knew it wouldn't come back. And of course, you know everybody's giving me a bunch of grief and this and that. But I believe the the dude will feast this year, no doubt. I'm not worried about Kenny. So nah. kudos to Bot Nine Thousand. I think that's awesome. I voted for him just for that sole purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see how it is. Like I mean, honestly, though, for person. you. Uh... Carson at 212 is not too bad of a reach, especially last week when we still didn't know what was going on with Zeke and still the uncertainty with Gordon, so that bumps him up yeah. a little bit. So he well, definitely wouldn't I've realized that's one thing about Sleeper. I've realized when you draft on Sleeper, everybody that I've encountered on Sleeper is a lot smarter than, yeah. per se, some home league people. So they kind of know what's going on. It might be the news articles they get. 
because I notice sleepers a lot faster on the news when it yeah, gets a lot of notifications. Yeah, exactly. So like the home league, there was a lot of picks that I felt like I was just stealing. So that was pretty sweet. But yeah, Carson flew up the boards really, really fast. Yeah, one one thing that I uh, I noticed in when I was perusing all the different drafts, uh, just you know, because I was looking for different things that maybe stood out to me, is I was trying to see if anybody had gotten the Mahomes uh, Kelsey stack, and I noticed that in one league it was a, a BFL league, which uh, maybe one of you guys can explain what the what the difference is there in a minute. But in a, a BFL league, somebody had taken um, Kelsey, Mahomes, and Ertz in the second, third, and fourth round. So that was quite a stack. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was a uh, user Super Tech twenty three. Shout out. <laughs> I mean, I know that, in a couple uh, of, couple of my mocks, I was trying out the uh, Kelsey Mahomes stack and the out of the fifth spot, and uh, it's it wasn't terrible, but uh, those running backs really do take a beating after uh, after the third round. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think myself and D can test to that because we both drafted from the five spot. But uh, somehow, though, I still uh, am leading the poll. I'll just say it again. Yeah. <laughs> but I do know. Yeah, it's got I think D is right behind you, though. You're at 13. So. Out of the fifth spot as well, so but it yeah. might be that spot that's good. Who knows? It might. Be I had the uh, – I was at the butt end. I had the turn. <laughs> Definitely a hard one this year, especially with, uh, you know, still having drafted with the holdout news and all that stuff. It definitely right. pushed the little players that you had to reach for. All right. Well, Speaking of holdouts, oh, go ahead. did anybody see um, the Eagles offered a mid-round pick in Jordan Howard for Melvin Gordon? I saw, I saw that. that. That was uh, definitely uh, interesting. I saw it when I broke earlier today on Twitter and that the I... Chargers smartly uh, refused. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, I, know. I think I think Howard's still got some left in the tank. However, he's uh, all my swapping mid-round picks really and giving away a stud for a question mark seems a bit questionable. Speaking of uh, Melvin Gordon, just a little tidbit of – I guess, useless information because I, I think I told you guys before I'm into like wild risky trades and whatnot. Uh, last year in the SFL, I was in a league um, B and I traded Melvin Gordon toward the end for uh, Tariq Cohen and MVS and I got a bunch of flag for it. But Melvin Gordon actually set out that next week and – it didn't really hurt me. It obviously didn't help me. It didn't help the guy that I traded, and it didn't hurt him. So all in all, it didn't really matter. But just getting rid of him, everybody blew up the chat, little chat area. And it didn't really matter, but just the fact of trading Melvin Gordon, right. everybody just freaks out. Yeah, I just think it's awesome. Yeah. I love risky trades. Because Gordon was I don't really want to freak until he took the injury. So Right. Yeah. I don't really want to and talk about to trades him. from last year. Uh, Devil, Devil, he did he did me dirty last year. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know. I yeah, I was I was a trading machine last year. I had a, I I built a, a pretty nasty team that ended up doing nowhere. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all had that one. Yeah, yeah. 
Actually, Zach, one question for you. I should have asked you this. On the, how do you like being a new member of the uh, of the SFL so far? So far, it's pretty uh, competitive, I guess you can say. Uh, I mean, obviously, nothing's going on, but you know, I've been trying. I tried to fleece one guy, and he almost bit. But uh, almost, <laughs> almost. It, it was close. It was close. Uh, all right, well, before we wrap up, you there's supposed to be some wait lists or something, right, in the BFL, like the secondary yeah, league? Yeah, there. You want to explain to our listeners how that works our, and how they can possibly get onto the wait list for sure. for upcoming season? Our uh, our BFL basically is our minor, minor division to the SFL. Um, it, it essentially is basically fill-ins for the SFL if someone decides to drop out or leave the league. Uh, the the concept behind it is their points that they accumulate are half of the SFL. So basically the same formula, just divided by two. And uh, their waiting list is exactly what it what it is. It's a waiting list to get into the BFL, basically. Uh, the how to get in, if you just join the SFL Legion channel, there is a BFL and waiting list thread, you can just throw your name on there, and uh, it gets added to the spreadsheet. And when it's open up again, I go through the list and we go from there. Awesome! That is again, kudos to you guys and last year's creators and everybody who's pushing this along. Probably one of the funnest leagues I've participated in in a long time. And uh, keep it up, and we hope to keep it uh, keep it rolling every year. And, uh, yeah, awesome job. Thank you. That is the plan. And, uh, like I said, have fun. Awesome. All right. Well, to our listeners, we're planning on uh, trying to have one of these guys on every week for a couple minutes, if possible, to just give us some updates every week on how the league is doing, any crazy trades that might have happened across the leagues. Any shout-outs to some top-notch managers. Um, so look forward to tuning in every week and get your uh, SFL update right here. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys joining us for our first our first episode tonight. And, uh, you know, we hope to have you guys back next week. We hope to have a, an episode out every week for the, the remainder of the season and hopefully beyond that. So, you know, please keep listening. And if you guys want to reach us or follow us, uh, we, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast on any of those three platforms. And if you want to email us, uh, our email address is speakingoffantasyfootball at gmail.com. So, you know, if you guys have any suggestions, any questions, any comments, any hate directed at Zach, I totally understand that, uh, you know, uh, please get a hold of us. And uh, we appreciate it and tune in next week. Enjoy your football.